0: or to start something, or to be better at something. We're not going to do anything like ask you what your resolution is, or what your commitment is, but uh, that's what happens, right? We have a, a, a new year, and so people say, I'm going I'm to get better at this, I'm going to start doing this more, I'm going to be more faithful to this, uh, whether it be diets, or reading plans, or working out, or whatever, to-do list that we have, we've been procrastinating on, uh, on and on and on, but there's a lot of good intentions wrapped up i think in all of our commitments so the resolutions whatever it is that you want to call it but the question that we always it's always a little humorous is how many of those are actually followed through on right how many how many did you start in 2022 and say you know what i'm going to start doing this more and then how long did it last right i'm going to i'm going to hold to a good eating plan or i'm going to hold to working out or i'm going to read my bible like this or i'm going to i'm going to pray i'm going to commit like this again we have all these good intentions Uh, but it always doesn't necessarily stick as long as we want it to stick and uh, you know I was I was looking around and trying to find a survey on what was the most popular the top new year's resolutions and for 2023 they had had a, a survey that they did at the end of this this past year 2022 and here are the top three new year's resolutions that this survey revealed number one to exercise more. 52% of people in the survey said that that was the highest one. 52% of people say, you know what? I'm going to be more active. I'm going to, I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to do more like that. The second one was similar to it. Look what it says to eat healthier. I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to eat healthier. And then what do you think the third one is to lose weight? (laughs) You you would think church, right? You think something spiritual. No, this is just a general survey in the, in the U.S, but that kind of lets us know where our nation is, where, where people's minds are and the majority. Again, this is a survey uh, taken from a snapshot. but it, I think it does reveal a good uh, portion of what is going through people's minds at the beginning of the year. I, and I think that it's kind of uh, maybe shaded a little bit or skewed a little bit because it's usually done in the last couple months of the year and what happens in the last couple months of the year. Thanksgiving. You know, you got holiday, you got parties, Christmas parties, all that kind of stuff. So people are already thinking like that. But this morning, in the spirit of renewal, uh, in the spirit of resolving, if you will, uh, resolutioning—I made that word up—but I want to challenge us with a few things I think are more important than this. I'm not saying that you know dieting or, or exercise or you know losing whatever the case may be isn't isn't good for you, but I think there's absolutely some way more important things that we need to um, be challenged with in this new year the first point is this I think we need to prioritize the kingdom prioritize the kingdom if you have your notes you can follow along there as I said there's no no doubt being healthy is important right because if you're not healthy you're not going to be able to prioritize the kingdom Um, and so I think that we should try to do our part the Bible says in first Corinthians 4 8 for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. And so I think it is important for us to remember that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Individually, if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. You are the temple. But that is not separate from, please hear me, the individual having the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of them is not separate from the corporate indwelling of the holy spirit in the church that that is vital a lot of people say well we are the temple absolutely we are the temple of the holy spirit if you're a child of god he lives inside of you but he lives inside of the church as well the bible tells us this and so it's not exclusive from the church as you saw pursuing godliness is of more value than anything temporal so while it's good hey if you got a commitment you already made that commitment you know what i'm going to I'm going to walk, I'm going to exercise, I'm going to work out, I'm going to join a gym, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Absolutely, do that. Keep that commitment. It's good. It's, it's of some value, the Bible says. I want to be healthier so that I can serve the Lord more. Now that is a, a, a greater commitment. Uh, I want to be healthier so that I can not only serve the Lord more, but, uh, but I, can, I can be better for my family or whatever the case may be. But Matthew chapter 6, a very familiar scripture, I think to probably a lot of people in here, it says this in verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. If you know what the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus was preaching before that, he, he was telling them that not even a sparrow falls to the ground without the Lord knowing. He was telling them that the numbers of uh, of hairs on their head are, are uh, the hairs on their head are numbered by the Lord. God knows what we need of. God knows uh, the the earthly, the physical, the tangible things that we need of, and we don't need to be stressing and, and, and living our lives for those temporal things. Is what the message was. He says the message is this: you need to prioritize the kingdom of God in your life, and trust God to, to provide the needs that you have he knows you have the needs he knows he he feeds the sparrows He, he knows the needs we have as his children so we need to trust him with those needs he even goes on to say you don't even need to worry about don't stress yourself about tomorrow don't worry about the problems you face tomorrow there's enough problems we have today but regardless we need to trust the lord with them we don't often like to be held accountable when we talk about prioritizing the kingdom right Somebody says, well, you know, prioritizing the kingdom can be a little subjective. The reason why we don't like it, I, I believe, is that we tend to make ourselves look a little better in our own eyes when it comes to prioritizing the kingdom. We can quickly come up with excuses that justify our lack of prioritizing the kingdom. All right? Well, I don't think it's bad if I, do, if I don't do it. Don't, I, I don't think it's really a big deal. Again, we, we kind of come up with these things in our life that we really never see in Scripture. The Bible never gives us that allocation. It never gives us the excuses to not prioritize the kingdom. matter of fact, Jesus taught the lesson about following him that excuses don't hold any water with him, right? He says, come and follow me. Let me take you across and come and follow me. And then he, there were three people, right? And one of them said, look, I've I married a wife and I, I can't come, <laughs> you know. The other one says, hey, I bought some land. I got to go check it out. The other says, I bought uh, uh, some some oxen, and I got to go test them, make sure they work, right? None, none of them are, are real good excuses. Just take up your cross and follow me. Prioritize the kingdom, even above your own self, above your, your job, your stuff, your family, everything. And so this year, I want to challenge you to live Matthew 6, every day. Live it out in reality. Not just in theory, not just in our minds, like, I feel like I'm proud. No, live it out. Let there be no question in your family's minds. In 2023, let there be no question in your neighbor's minds. In 2023, let there be no question in your friends or your coworkers, in your church family's minds, that you're seeking God's kingdom and his righteousness first and above all. Let there be no question. And let the people that you work around, as I said, your coworkers, let them know that, man, this, this person is all about the kingdom of God. Let, let, let the people in this church be inspired. We, we talk in our leadership meetings, whether it's at our uh, P3 or in our staff meetings or whatever we're doing as far as leadership, it's always brought up that leadership is influence. And so many times we think that because we don't hold a title or because we don't have a position that our, our influence isn't really that, that much, but that's that's a lie of the enemy. We are influencing people every day. Listen, when you walk in these doors, you've already influenced somebody. You've influenced your neighbors, you've influenced your family by prioritizing the gathering of the people of God. You, you've influenced the people here, and the fact that you're here, that's an encouragement to other people. It's an influence on the next generation. It's leadership. You are providing an example, which is the other thing that leadership is is example. You can't say, I am this person, I have this title, therefore you need to respect me and follow me. That doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that at your job. You know that. If you're not the boss and your boss acts like that, you know that's not effective leadership. You may be doing it because you're fearing losing your job, but you're not doing it because it's good leadership. The same thing in the home. Do as I say, as, not as I do, doesn't work. It's very ineffective. That's why I believe so many kids, when they graduate high school, they graduate church. Because mom and dad are saying something different than actually living out. But what does it mean to seek? Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God in his righteousness. But what does exactly that mean? Some people say, well, it's simple to seek. You know what that means. We've got to go hunting, go looking for. No, it actually means to pursue after, to run after, to desire, to endeavor after. It's used in, in many times in scripture when it's describing worshiping God. So to endeavor, to pursue after first, above all, before all, it's first, seek first. What does that mean? It means in time, in place, in order, and or in importance. So so pursue after, endeavor after, place in priority above everything else before, in order of importance, in place, and time. So before anything, the kingdom of God, that's what it works, that's how it works out. Before anything, the kingdom of God. Before everything, before everyone. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. Pursue it. It's similar to what we read in Psalm 27, verse 4. The psalmist said, one thing have I asked of the Lord. Listen to what he says. That will I seek after. One thing that, I will, that I've asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I will pursue after. It's a similar Hebrew word as the Greek word. Look what he says. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Look, listen to what he says. And to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Man, what a beautiful verse. This is the thing that I've asked of God. This is the thing that I'm, that I'm pursuing after. That I can dwell in the house of the Lord all the day, every day of my life that I can gaze upon his beauty when I'm there in his temple and and, and petition him and ask of him and worship him. So he's saying he wants to be in, in the church every day. Well, I think that had to do with that, but it had more to do with being in the presence of God, which the Bible tells us that this is what's going on when the people of God are gathered together. Man, it's just about being in the presence of God to worship him to gaze upon his beauty prioritizing god's righteousness may seem to be a, a clearer endeavor for some people we say prioritizing the kingdom can be a little uh, ambiguous like does that mean that you always go to church or uh, prioritizing the kingdom does that, that mean that you you always do these things what is prioritizing the kingdom so again i think that can be a little more uh, ambiguous in some people's eyes or in some people's minds but seeking first the righteousness of god can i think be a little more of a clear target for some people because the bible says in first peter chapter 1 verse 16 because it is written you shall be holy for i am holy colossians 3 1 that contains our, our theme verse from 2022 therefore if you've been raised up with christ keep seeking the things above where christ is seated at the right hand of god set your mind on the things above not on things that are on the earth because you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life or our life, is revealed, then you also will, will be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked, when you were living in them, when you were lost, but now you also put them all aside. Put all the things of the flesh. Put all the things of this world aside. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, above, uh, and, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you've laid aside the old self with its evil practices. And put on the new self who, who has been renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. Listen to what he says in verse 11. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbar, uh, barbarian, scythian slave and freeman but christ is all and in all so as those who have been chosen of god holy and beloved put on a heart of compassion kindness humility gentleness and patience bearing with one another and forgiving each other whoever whoever has a complaint against anyone just as the lord forgave you so also should you beyond all these things put on love which is the perfect bond of unity and let the peace of christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful let the word of christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with thankfulness in your hearts to god and whatever you do in word or deed do all in the name of the lord jesus giving thanks through him to god the father prioritizing pursuing the kingdom the, the 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 will the call the 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 commission of of god on you as a christian to pursue his his kingdom first and also pursue his righteousness first again it can be a little easier to say okay so i'm supposed to every day try to live like jesus exactly what we just read be forgiving loving forbearing a uh, gentle um Passionate, compassionate all these things i'm to pursue the character of jesus christ every day first and foremost i'm supposed to model my life after jesus's life in his character yes okay so what does it look like again to pursue the prioritize pursuing the actual kingdom of god and i, I believe it's not just what we do but i believe it's also what we don't do what we do obviously matthew chapter 28 19 and 20 go therefore and make disciples right this is what we should be prioritizing i've asked this question before of our of our church i'll ask it again this morning when's the last time that you invited somebody to church when's the last time you handed somebody a gospel track when's the last time that you had a gospel conversation with somebody if you're a child of god it is to be our priority to make disciples of all nations that's our call that's that's bringing fruit to the kingdom of god that's that's making sure that we understand that this is why we're still on this earth is to tell other people that jesus is the only way to salvation that that's what we're here for we're not here and we we just had a whole message series on on christmas is We, we we can lose track In the midst of all the parties and the gifts and the time off and and all that, we can lose track that it's all about Jesus. And then we kind of are a little uh, maybe stuff and and gift hungover maybe uh, coming into the new year. And we can forget that, man, the whole reason why we're still here, the whole reason is to make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. We, we have to prioritize what, what he has us here for. And, and what that looks like, I believe, starts in the heart. That's making sure there's nothing more important in our life. Not our money, not our job, not our recreation or our hobbies, not a person, not a relationship, not an idea, not anything is more important than our God. It said, Exodus 20, 20, verse 3, you shall have no other gods before me. Exodus 34, 14, we mentioned it last week. For you shall worship no other God, for the Lord, whose name is jealous, is a jealous God. There is nothing, or there's no one, or no thing that should take precedence over God in his stuff. Period that that's what the call is and jesus said very clearly matthew chapter 22 verse 37 He says and he said to him you shall love the lord your god with all your heart And with all your soul and with all your mind We have a a great challenge moving into this new year this first day to prioritize the kingdom of god I want to challenge you this morning make sure this year There's nothing that comes before the lord you say man You say you're talking about perfection. No, I'm talking about striving after what we've been commanded to do. That's striving after obedience. And the obedience comes because we love him with all of our heart. Jesus said that. John 14, 15. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Man, let's make sure that we're prioritizing the kingdom. Point number two. Brother Nosh was talking a little bit there at the end of the worship service sharing a little bit before we prayed and it's so important this point number two that we part ways with the past we part ways with the past and that, that that's a very difficult thing to do a, a new year not only allows for new commitments important things to endeavor after of course we talked about point number one the most important thing is the kingdom of god and his righteousness that should be priority But a new year also allows for parting ways with the past I, i've heard some people say i'm so glad 2022 is over i've heard people say that in other in other years as, as well man we all said it pretty much at the end of 2022 2021 <laughs> Whew, i'm glad that year is over we have to remember that it is done it is over what was going on in 2022 is done say yeah but some of the residual effects and some of the feelings some of that stuff is is still with me listen the past can't be changed please hear me but your relationship with it can be the past cannot be changed you cannot go back at any point in time and change that but your relationship with what has happened in the past can change that's that's something I think that a lot of us struggle with Philippians chapter 3 verse 13 says this brothers I do not consider that I have made it my own and this is the Apostle Paul talking from Rome in a, in, in, in house arrest or a prison if you will and uh, he's he's encouraging the Philippian believers and he's saying look I, I don't think that I've made it I, I don't I don't consider that that I've made it my own but one thing I do this is, this is one thing I know that I've done in my life I forget what lies behind and I'm straining forward to what lies ahead I press on toward the goal for the prize Of that upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And we need to learn to part ways with the past, whether it's past failures or past victories, past hurts. So, how do we do that? Well, I believe that we learn from the failures and we press on, we celebrate the victories and we press on we can't live in the past because we can't change it God has something for us today and by his grace and according to his will the next day and the next day until he takes us home look forward to Christ part ways with the past look look at Jesus Christ that's what he says I press toward the goal for for the prize i'm 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 looking forward to my jesus i'm looking forward seeing him face to face just as the psalmist said that that i may behold the beauty of the lord but parting ways with the past also means this year we need to part ways specifically i think number letter a in your notes with past offense ephesians chapter 4 similar to what we read in colossians chapter 3 says this in verse 29 i want you to hear what these words are very important i I love these 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 scriptures they they are very encouraging and challenging for me i i've used them in sermons i've used them in leadership i've used them in um, lessons i've used them in marriage counseling i've used these because these are just very important christian applicable charges these are charges to christians that are tangible, they're very applicable. Here it is. Let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth. Don't use words that tear people down, whether to their face or behind their back. But you should use words only, only such a word, as it is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. So again, we live in a world where we feel like that we're emboldened and we need to say something about everything and and I think there are times that Christians absolutely need to speak truth into the culture, we need to speak truth into a situation, we need to speak truth into a person's life but we are to do it where it says in that same chapter, Ephesians chapter 4 to speak the truth in love, I believe it's verse 15 just make sure that when we're parting ways with the past that we're letting go of offenses that we ourselves are making sure that our our mouths aren't being used to tear people down and here's where i use it in marriage applications that starts in the home it's easy to let your guard down and say something to somebody that you're super comfortable with because you're upset with them and in the moment the flesh takes over and you tear them down christian if you're a christian and your spouse is a christian this is given to christians to apply first in the home because if you don't apply it in the home then you walk into this church with a smile on and you give flowery words to people that you don't live with. That's called hypocr- hypocrisy. Let's so make sure that we're using words that edify even the people in our home. It's quiet. But look at the next verse. It says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. So mashed in between this not letting our words destroy people, but we are to use words that build people up and give grace. You say, what is, that, what is exactly giving grace so that it will give grace to those who hear? It, it means this, that you may say something not in insincerity, in but in sincerity, because the grace that you've been given from God, you may say something that contradicts the feelings you have because you're giving grace to the person who doesn't deserve it just like you don't deserve grace and so say so man i really want to say this right now <laughs> the bible says don't do that and don't grieve the holy spirit of god so if we do that we are grieving the holy spirit of god we want to there's there struggles in marriages struggles in homes struggles in churches i believe there's so much grieving of the holy spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption and again, sandwiched in between that is the next verse, 31. Let all bitterness, all wrath, all anger, all clamor, all slander, which slander is, is that backbiting, that, that, that gossip, that talking, like I said, using words destructive to somebody's, somebody's faces. Uh, you, it can be slander, but slander most of the time is talking, about, talking negative about somebody behind their back or gossip. So let all of that, look at what it says, be put away from you. There should be no, none of this in the child of God's life. No bitterness. It, again, what we're we talking about, parting ways with the past. Somebody's offended you, you don't like what they said, you don't like what they did, you don't like how they treated you, you don't like. Whether it's in your home or in the church, you are to let all bitterness go. All wrath, all anger, all clamor and all gossip. It's, it should be out of the child of God's life along with all malice. There's another way to say hatred. And look what he says. And be kind to one another. (laughs) I love how that is. Like All this should be gone out of your life. And it's just as simple as this. Just be kind to everybody. Be kind to one another. Tender hearted. And here's the challenge. Again, it's similar to what we read in Colossians chapter 3. He says, forgiving each other just as God in Christ. Again, that's a, a huge caveat right there. God, because of Christ, because of the blood that was shed, because of the sacrifice, the atonement that was made, God was able to forgive you and I. So you think about that great sacrifice that was made to bring forgiveness to each one of our lives, that is the great, that's the great length that we are to go to even forgive somebody else. He says, he says, forgiving each other just in the same way that God in Christ also has forgiven you part ways with the past you got to part ways with past offenses they're done they're over you can't go back and make that person not say that or not do that or, or whatever the case you can't do that but your relationship with what happened in the past can change and you can say 2023 is a new year i'm letting go of that i'm forgiving just as i've been forgiven 1 Peter chapter four verse eight, say, so how can you do that? How can you forgive like that? How can you just let go of offenses? How can you just forgive somebody just as God forgave you in Christ? How can you do that? I love the word of God. Above all, keep fervent love for, uh, keep, I'm sorry, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. If we'll just operate in love, will be very difficult to offend stop right in love just let love lead let love be your driving force in life how can someone always hear negative things and still love people how can someone always take offenses and still love people the power of christ in me the power of the holy spirit someone offends you Someone didn't meet an expectation that you had of them. Again, it could be your spouse, could be your kids, could be someone in church, could be me. Someone didn't meet an expectation. Someone didn't do what you assumed they should do. Did you hear that again? Someone didn't do what you assumed they should do. Again, that could be in the home. That, I don't know, that never happens in the homes. <laughs> Expectations and assumptions not met. I know, that never happens, but... What about you and your God? What about you and God? Did you miss the mark with him in 2022? Ever? Did you not meet an expectation that he has for you as his child? Was there any point in 2022 that you didn't meet something that he has charged you to do? Of course, we all did. But that's the standard, to forgive as we've been forgiven. To love in such a way that a multitude of offenses are covered or forborne. And that's exactly what it says, um, that love covers a multitude of offenses. That's what covers mean. It means it forbears. It, 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 goes, it goes the extra mile. That's, uh, again, why Peter came and says, Lord, in verse, uh, Matthew chapter 18, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and then I forgive him? up Seven times? I mean, that seems like a lot of forbearance in man's mind, right? I mean, think about this. If somebody, if, if you walk by this person one time and, and, and you you went to shake their hand and, and they go, hmm. Nobody's ever Nobody ever did that to you, right? Gave you the cold shoulder just to prove a point. You, sh- you go like this and they go, hmm, And they walk right by you. Or you say, hi, how you doing? And they ignore you and they walk right by you. Or maybe it's even worse. Maybe they're blasting you at work, or maybe they're talking about you, and you hear them, or maybe it gets to you, and, and somebody's saying negative about you, or t- right to your face, or somebody tears you down, or puts something on social media, or whatever the case may be, and you say, look, I'll do it once, and I'll maybe do it twice, you're not going to do it again. Peter goes the extra mile. How many times, if somebody does something to me as an offense, that I should forgive them? Seven times? I mean, that seems like the complete number. It's a perfect number. Seven Seven times, right? That's a lot, God. Jesus said to him, Look, I know, I'm saying this right now. I'm with Peter. Like, seven times, that's a lot. That's a lot. If somebody gives you, because what's the temptation? If somebody gives you the cold shoulder like that, or somebody says something about you, somebody treats you ugly, somebody, whatever, what's the temptation? I'll be Christ like the first time, and then what's going to happen the next time? I'm not going to be Christ like. I'm going to treat them the way they treat me. That's the temptation of the flesh. I'm going to give them the right act. I'm going to dress them down. I'm going to give them the cult. Whatever the case may be, the temptation of the flesh is to repay evil for evil. But the Bible tells us not to. The Bible tells us to operate in love because love covers, it forbears with, a multitude of offenses. Jesus said, I didn't say to you up to seven times. You want a number? Seventy times seven. 490 times in a day? That's not in a lifetime, that's in a day. 490 times in a day. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. Here, here's how it works in my kingdom. When he had begun to settle with them, this is the illustration he gives one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. But since he didn't have the means to repay him, his Lord commanded him to be sold, along with his wife and children, all that he had in repayment to be made. Look, we'll just sell you into slavery, and then you'll, you'll be all your debts are repaid so the slave fell to the ground the servant fell to the ground prostrated him up before him he's flat on his face saying have patience with me lord and i'll repay you everything the lord of that slave felt compassion and he released him look what it says he forgave him all his debt there was nothing that he owed the king at this point in time that slave same one who had just forgiven everything who couldn't couldn't repay it at all that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii, which is just a little small little drop in the bucket compared to what he owed the king. And he seized him, began to choke him, threw him up against the wall, saying, pay back what I owe you. So his fellow slave fell to the ground, did the same exact thing, fell on his face, began to play with him, saying, have patience with me, I'll repay you. He said the same exact thing to the, the, the fellow slave slaves that guy said to the king. Look what it says. But he was unwilling and went and threw him in prison until he should pay back what he was owed. So when his fellow slaves saw what was going on, look, you just got forgiven a huge amount. And he did this to this guy saying, cool. They were deeply grieved, came and reported to their Lord all that had happened. Then summoning him, his Lord said to him, you wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt. I forgave everything because you pleaded me. You asked me to forgive you of your sins and to to wash you clean and for me to live inside of you and for, for, for me to give you eternal life on that day, I did it all. I, I washed you clean. I forgave all your debt, your sin and iniquity. I remember no more. I granted you the gift of eternal life. That's the application for us. And should you not have that same type of mercy on your fellow believers in the same way that I had mercy on you? And his Lord moved with anger, handed, anger handing him over to the torturers until he should repay all that he was owed. My heavenly Father will also do the same to you. Listen to what he says. If you, each of you, does not forgive his brother from his heart. This is the, the gravity of parting ways with past offenses. But the second thing is past guilt. We need to part ways with the past and specifically past guilt. I think all of us deal with this in a certain way, right? Because what, what is the truth is this guilt uh, isn't from God. Guilt does not come from God. Guilt is from the enemy. Conviction comes from the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us in John chapter 16 verse 8, Jesus talking to his his followers about the Holy Spirit, the helper that he was going to send. And he says, and he, when he comes, he will, look what it says, convict. He doesn't say laden with guilt. He says he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. These words, um, guilt, and uh, there's another word, shame, those two words are closely related, guilt and shame. So what's the difference between guilt and shame? Guilt is a little bit more uh, described as an internal conflict versus shame being more of an external conflict. But here's the amazing thing. Both our guilt and shame was born by Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. He took not only the guilty sentence for us, but also the internal guilt and the external shame for us. He took it all. He took everything that sin brings upon himself. And it's not that Jesus felt guilty for any wrong because Jesus did no sin. He, the Bible tells us Hebrews Hebrews 4, verse 15, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. So Jesus, we know, never sinned, and he never felt what it was to be guilty of sin. In other words, the, the internal conflict, when you do something wrong, you're like, oh, man. Jesus never felt that. He did, he, did, he did take that with him to the cross because he satisfied all of the punishment for our sin. But here's the truth in this. We aren't to bear any of that because Jesus bore it all. We are not to bear the, the guilt of past sin. The, the the guilt of past shortcomings. But I, I don't I think that I think that we would be lying to ourselves if we said, oh, well, nobody in this room ever feels guilt about the past things they've done. I think we all do. And that's from the enemy. You know what the enemy does with that? He tries to render us ineffective because of what we've done. And he gets us to focus on that versus what Christ has done. Because when we focus on what we've done, whether, again, we talked about it, whether it's good or bad, then then we focus on ourselves. But when we, in in our own little kingdom in the world that we're living in, but when we focus on Christ, like Paul said in Philippians chapter three, then we focus on the kingdom of God and prioritize that. Hebrews chapter 12, looking to Jesus. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse one, says that we, we have this great cloud of witnesses. That's gone before us and and they 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 face lions and they were torn asunder and they were they were they were cut and they were pierced and 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 there's some the world was not worthy of them in chapter 11 It says that and so we've got this great cloud of witnesses Let us lie, lay aside every weight in the sin that, and we're gonna read it in a second that that easily Besets us and we should be looking to jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him Look what it says. He endured the cross He endured the despising look what it says shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Matthew, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 17. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. First John chapter 1, 9, you know it. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen, if God has forgiven you because you have confessed your sins, and I'm not talking about like on a daily basis, i got to confess my sins so I can be saved again. No, if you've repented of your sins, you've entrusted your life to Jesus Christ, you have surrendered to him, made him your Lord, you are saved. But there is a paternal relationship. There's a father and son or father and daughter relationship that has to be kept right. And so on a daily basis, when you and I fall short, we've got to go to him and we've got to say, God, I've messed up. I I, I thought this about this person who cut me off. I said this about the person who cut me off or I had this bad thought about this or I, I said this or I did this or I committed this or I looked at that or whatever the case may be. And forgive me, I repent, forgive me. The Bible says it's done. It, well, it's already been paid for, but that, that opens back the, the, the portal for a, a right relationship with the Lord. And so if we've done that, if we've confessed and we've asked God to forgive us of something we've already done, and if he's forgiven us, then why are you not allowing his judgment on your sin and on your shame to be final? If he paid for it, and you did what you were supposed to do that he said you were to do, then his, according to his word and his promise, it's done. It's forgiven. It's over. Why are you not letting his judgment on your sin be final? And this doesn't foster a casual approach to our sin and failure, though. You say, So uh, that means that I'll just, I'll just look whatever I want to look at, say whatever I want to say, do whatever I want to do, and ask God to forgive me and be all good. No, quite the opposite if you're a child of God. Quite the opposite. I think when we, when we understand our relationship with the Lord because of what he's done for us, then w- what brought us complete forgiveness and, and what, what brought us complete forgiveness and freedom from sin was his suffering. That should, and it does, induce gratitude and servitude that is void of indulgence and in sin that he suffered for. Now, I, I, I cannot... Go back to serve sin. I cannot go back and live in sin anymore because Jesus paid for all of that and He is my Lord. And if I have a relationship with Him, then how in the world could I go back and be a spiritual adulterer and live in the sin that He gave His life for on my behalf? As I said, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking to jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of god consider him think about him every day who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted man i just mess up all the time look jesus paid for it don't get weary don't faint in your mind keep pressing on keep looking to jesus the author and perfecto of your faith he says in your struggle against sin you've not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood and that leads us to point three prepare for war in 2023 we need to prepare for war i'm not talking about war on this earth i mean there may there, there's going to be wars there's going to be more wars the bible tells us that we've been talking about that in the end time study if they're going to increase wars and rumors of war are going to continue on. I'm talking about spiritually. You and I need to make sure that in 2023, we're staying alert, that we're staying awake, that we realize that we're in a spiritual war every single day of our life. Listen, look look what Ephesians 6 says. We're almost done. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. No matter how it seems, the people in your life, the people in this church, the people in your home, they are not the enemy. That's not the struggle. The, what, what ends up happening is we, just like we said, we can either give into the flesh or we can walk in the spirit. If we give into the flesh, then we become, we become instruments at the, at the enemy's disposal. That's what Romans chapter 6 says. That we're not to yield ourselves as instruments to unrighteousness again to sin, but to yield ourselves as instruments of righteousness to God. But he says, look, you're, you're not battling against each other. It seems like that in the, middle of, in the heat of the battle. It seems like that in the middle of the argument. It seems like that in the, in the middle of the conflict. It seems like that person is your enemy. They're not, that's not where the battle is. The struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. That's the enemy. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you'll be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand therefore. "...having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod, have, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take upon the, the helmet of salvation, the sword of spirit, which is the word of God, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit, and with this in view beyond the alert, with all perseverance and petition for all saints." In 2023, we need to be prepared for war. Prayerfully prepared and every single day we need to be ready that the enemy's coming at us. Romans chapter 12 tells us that we are living sacrifices. We're not supposed to be conformed to the world. We're supposed to be renewed in in, in our mind. We have to remember that while you and I can easily, I believe, be lulled into a spiritual slumber by the trappings of this temporal world, the enemy does not. And, and can i He said what do you mean satan's not sitting back and being like oh, i wonder what i'm going to do today a <sighs> lot to do big world a lot of people maybe i'll take the day off no satan doesn't ever do that every single day satan's planning and plotting oftentimes i believe his best battle plan is to just leave us to our own fate just as i said a while ago we can either walk in the flesh Or walk in the spirit. And many times, we make such a mess in our own homes. We make such a mess in our own churches. We make such a mess with our own testimony because we're walking in the flesh. Satan's like, cool, (laughs) I'll just back off a little bit. And they'll make a big enough mess for themselves. Then maybe I'll come in and do the, you know, I'll get the grand slam at the end. We are the ones that fall into spiritual slumber. It's still part of the battle plan that we must daily be ready for. On the normal, regular, uneventful, non-dramatic day, nothing seems to just kind of, seems to be an uneventful day. Nothing really is happening. I'm not really going. Or we're not really talking to anybody. Anybody. I'm, nothing's really, I don't really feel like I have to be on the alert for anything. Listen, remember the scripture tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Not just when you see the danger. Not when you just see the lion lurking in the weeds. Not when you just, okay, stuff's going on. Everybody's getting stirred up. Problems are happening. People are getting sick. Offenses are happening. Stuff is ramping up in the world. Now I need to be on alert. No, 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 no. On the regular days, on the uneventful days, on the non-dramatic days, on just the normal days, be of sober spirit. Be of your alert because your adversary, the enemy, the devil, he's like a roaring lion and he's prowling around. Seeking someone to devour. Just waiting for someone to stray off into their flesh. Waiting for someone to have a little offense and then step away from the church just a little bit where the power of the Holy Spirit is fully active. Just step away from the church for a little bit. Boom. That's when I them. Nobody checked on me. Nobody called. Nobody cares. I don't like those people up there. Somebody said this. Why is he preaching that again? Second Timothy chapter 2. Therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I'm not going to read all this, but I want to read these first few ones. The things which you have heard of me in the presence of many witnesses entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Suffer hardship with me. As a good soldier of Christ Jesus, no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. 2023, Let's prioritize the kingdom of God. I'm I challenging. You, if you've already made a commitment, maybe you do resolutions, whatever. Maybe you've already made a, a spiritual one. I want to ask you to amp that up. 2023, prioritize the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Let nothing be more important than that in this year. And I want to encourage you with that second point. Part ways with the past. If you need to go to somebody and make it right, go to somebody and make it right. If you need to apologize to your spouse, apologize to your spouse, to your kids. If you haven't been who you're supposed to be, do it. Move forward. Part ways with the past. Somebody in church, do it. Forgive as you've been forgiven. 70 times 7 if necessary. ways with your guilt i encourage you with that some of you are living living under the decisions you made and you're still maybe facing some of the consequences of the decisions you made In consequence i'm not saying that parting ways with the with past guilt does away with the consequences because the consequences of our sin sometimes last a lifetime but you can part ways with the guilt of what you've done and then live every day in good stewardship dealing with the consequences of what you've done move forward though move forward and let's prepare for war if you think the last few years have been difficult this is an encouragement They're, it's going to get more difficult so let's pray for war let's prepare for war and part of doing that is praying in the spirit always and for all saints let's prepare for war let me ask you this if every member in this church forgave like you, how bitter would people be or not? If everybody forgave like you forgive, would bitterness abound or would love and and forgiveness If every member prioritized the kingdom like you prioritize the kingdom of God, could we have church services? Could we send out missionaries? Could we support missionaries? Would the electricity stay on? Would the ball or the sport or the hobby have to find another day and another place? If every member prioritized the kingdom like you? If every member prepared for spiritual battle like you, what do we have to look forward to in 2023? Are we going to be crushed by the enemy? Or if every member prepared like for spiritual battle like you, are we going to endure and overcome because we're relying on the Spirit? What's it look like? make it personal if everyone did like you what's it going to look like in 2023 Uh, let's do it i'm excited but let's 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 put these into action father thank you for this time thank you for allowing us to be in this place and god i i i I thank you for challenging my heart with this lord it, it can be easy to lose sight of some of these things whether it's prioritizing your kingdom or your righteousness. We can get busy with things and even good things. We can get busy with things that you've even entrusted us with, jobs, and our families, and, and, and even in that we can lose sight of prioritizing your kingdom and your righteousness. We can just get busy and lose sight of that. Lord, help us this year to make pursuing your kingdom and pursuing your righteousness. Priority number one. Lord, I pray that you would also help us to part ways with the past. There's a lot of things that all of us in here have been dealing with, and whether it's a past offense or whether it's a past guilt or, or whatever, God, help us to, to turn our backs on that and turn our face to you. Lord, I pray that you would also help us prepare for war. We know that the enemy's not sleeping, he's not giving up, even when it doesn't seem like he's active. He's planning and plotting, and help us stay prepared. Lord, help us encourage each other and keep one one another accountable in this. I pray you just move now as we respond to your word. We ask all this in Jesus' name, amen. If you'll stand as the music plays, I want to encourage you to come.